I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number 18, and thank you for the testimonies tonight. Man, what a blessing, and appreciate the good singing, good music tonight, and we want to go just a little further, uh, a little further with this thought that we started on Sunday morning, uh, actually Sunday night. God did all the preaching on Sunday morning, and uh, so, but Sunday night, and Sunday night, of course, we talked about uh, is Jesus coming soon out of Revelation chapter 18? But we want to go a little further today. And I didn't mean for this to be a series or a mini-series, but, uh, but the Lord knows. The Lord knows what he's doing, and we're just going to trust the Lord with that. We're not going to finish this up tonight. Um, and so we'll, we'll go a little further this evening, and then Lord willing, this coming Sunday, we'll talk <clears throat> a little bit more about this subject. And then if the Lord wills it, we'll be back in our series on the Holy Spirit on Sunday night. And so we'll just see what the Lord does. But let's stand one last time. Let's give you an opportunity to stretch your legs and look at Revelation chapter 18 tonight. And again, this is not a message. Uh, this is just a lesson that I want to give you this evening. And so Revelation 18 and verse number one, the Bible says, and after these things, uh, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Let me just stop real, real quickly and say this just real fast that Lord willing, if God lets us continue on this subject on Sunday morning, it'd be a really good morning for you to have your lost loved ones here. And every, every once in a while you hear the law say, you know what, that when uh, all the Christians are taken out of here, we're just going to, you know, all of us are just going to take over and we're going to have one big party. And I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a party, but not the kind of party they think is going to be going on. In fact, it's going it, to be so bad that there's no possible way that I can, or any preacher for that matter, can really describe to you how bad it's going to be on the earth when the tribulation begins. And so it'd be a really good Sunday for you to have your lost loved ones here. Look at verse three. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people that ye be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you and double under her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. You may be seated. And by the way, notice that last line that we just read there in verse number eight. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Somebody might say, preacher, why... Why is the Lord even telling us these things? If, if, if we're not going to be here, if we believe in the rapture of the church, and we do, and we preach that and teach that here, 
then why is the Lord telling us all these things? Is, is he just doing it to, 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 to fill our curiosity, to take care of our curiosity? And I wanna tell you tonight that the book of Revelation and these prophecies that we're teaching on are not put there just to, to try to satisfy your curiosity or my curiosity. But the book of Revelation and these prophecies are written to let us know something, to let us know that in the end, it is God who is in control. And uh, which is exactly what he's saying there. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. When it all comes down to it at the end, he's gonna let everybody know, I am in control. And that's a big part of the book of Revelation. Let's talk about this subject tonight, what life will be like during the tribulation. And we're gonna start, and then Lord willing, if, if the Lord wills it, we'll talk about it a little bit more this coming Sunday morning. And so let's go to the Lord right now and ask God to help us. Father, we love you, and thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening. And it's been so good, God. We, we thank you for our midweek service, and it helps us get through the week. Lord, we, Lord, we refer to it sometimes as midweek refueling time, but it really is. And Lord, sometimes by midweek, our spiritual tanks are a little empty. Lord, living in the world, working with the world, hearing their profanity, their blasphemy, their disregard for the things of the Lord. And Lord, that's why we have midweek service. Thank God we have that midway point that we can come back together as a church family and love on each other and love the Lord and let the Lord love us. And Father, we can be encouraged and helped through your word and through the fellowship. And that's, that's what tonight's all about. And so Lord, as we take just a few minutes to teach a lesson, God, I pray that it'll, it'll make sense. I pray that it will please you most of all. I pray it will honor your son. Lord, if there might be one here tonight that does not know for sure they're on their way to heaven or maybe there's someone watching by way of the live stream and they don't know that they're on their way to heaven. God, I pray tonight will be the night October the 4th, 2022 will be the night that they come to know Christ as Savior. Lord, bless our discussion, please. And Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Let me review just for a few moments, if I could. Revelation 17 and 18 refers to a system toward the end of the tribulation referred to as the great Babylon. And some have suggested that the scriptures actually refer to three separate Babylons. Jeremiah chapter 50 speaks of historic Babylon, whereas Revelation chapter 17 speaks of religious Babylon. And Revelation chapter 18 points to a commercial Babylon the Great. There is a school of thought, a school of belief, and I'm, I, I'm in that school of belief, I really believe, that religious Babylon and commercial Babylon are two different entities, two different systems. Many believe that Rome will fill the position of religious Babylon. We, we mentioned that on Sunday night. While it's at least possible, again, we'll not debate over it, but it's at least possible that commercial Babylon is America. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you, and again, again this is not something, because we don't know. <clears throat> We're teaching and preaching what we know. You, you understand that the prophets in the Old Testament did not understand what the church was. They didn't understand 
the rapture. They did not understand that. It wasn't until later that, that God began to give knowledge concerning the rapture of the church. There are things that 50 years ago, our forefathers did not understand about the book of Revelation that 50 years later we understand. We don't have any problem understanding those things. But please understand something. If the Lord tarries his coming another 20 years, they, our, our, the Christians in the future may understand things about the scriptures that we don't understand right now. And so could this commercial Babylon be America. The more I studied out, the more I think it very, it, it very well could be. Now, write these things down in the margin of your Bible. I don't have them on your screen tonight, but, but let me give you several reasons why we believe, at least we believe that, that America could be the commercial Babylon spoken of in the book of Revelation. Number one, I wrote this down. Whoever this great Babylon is has an attitude of arrogance. So just write that in the margin of your Bible. An attitude of arrogance. Revelation 18, verse 7. Look there, if you will. Revelation 18, verse 7 talks about this, this uh, commercial Babylon. And it says about her how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. In other words, listen, man, I'm doing, I'm doing great. We're footloose and fancy free. Don't have anything to worry about. I mean, uh, you know, zippity doo dah, zippity day. My oh my, what a wonderful day! And I mean, it's just great. And and uh, we're never gonna suffer. And we're never gonna have any harm come our way. And so we notice here about this this place called Great Babylon. We notice that she has an attitude of arrogance. Now, again, I am very thankful that I'm an American tonight. But at times, America has that that attitude of arrogance. Where they just, where we, where we just sort of feel like sometimes that, uh, you know, other nations may starve and other nations may hurt and other nations may have problems, but America is above that. We're we're above that, and uh, and so we notice there's an attitude of arrogance. But number number two, I noticed this: whoever this great Babylon is, is a system of amazing affluence. And so not only that attitude of arrogance, but amazing affluence. As we said Sunday night, she's a great place of industry, a great place of luxury. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Not every place can, can fit that bill right there. It's got to be a place that's just amazing, luxurious, uh, a place that has a lot of industry. And we mentioned Sunday night that it's a, a large producer of sea commerce. Now, I'm not going to go back and read all that for you tonight, but if you were in the service on Sunday night, we read Revelation 18, verses 11 through 13. And the Bible gives a long list of the merchandise, gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, and it goes on and on and on. And what the Bible's trying to point out and try to picture is this, that this nation, this city, this system called Babylon the Great is gonna be a system that, that has amazing luxury and amazing commerce. Number three, I wrote this down. Whoever this great Babylon is, is seemingly aloof from tribulation judgment. And, and this is what I mean by that. She seems at least for a while to be in her own little bubble. Now think about this. Revelation chapter 18, by the time we get to Revelation chapter 18, and the Bible's telling us about this great Babylon or Babylon the Great, 
You understand that the tribulation is in full force. I mean, think about it. Death is rampant. The Lord is pronouncing judgment upon the earth. Pestilence and disease is literally taking over. And we'll get a little bit more into that on Sunday, Lord willing. But uh, pestilence is taking over. War is breaking out all over. And yet there's still this nation or this system that seems to be very much a capitalist state. They're rich. They're affluent. They're comfortable. They're enjoying life. Man, I, I got to thinking about that. And I thought, man, if there's anything that sounds like America, that sounds like America right there. Man, you, you think about it. Many times other nations around the world seem to be falling apart. By the way, that's happening right now. There are literally nations on this earth that are literally falling apart. I'm talking about nations that are, 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 have civil unrest and, and civil war. You know, we're, every one of us here tonight have probably not missed a meal today unless you wanted to. You know why? Americans don't miss meals. Not very many. Uh, most of us have three square meals a day and, and some in-betweens. But we understand that there are nations across the world tonight where people are literally starving to death. And so other nations around us are, man, just, just going to pot, if you will. There's world war. And yet America seems to be this secluded place. And while others are starving and others are battling and others are being killed and others are dying of disease, we're going to the ball game. And we're out on the golf course. And there's nothing wrong with the ball game. And there's nothing wrong with the golf course. I'm just saying that it, it, it's like sometimes it's like America is in its, it's in, in its own little safety bubble. And this Babylon the Great seems to be that way that while literally while tribulation is taking place on the world, here's this place that is still very comfortable and still very luxurious. But may I say tonight, when God finally judges Babylon, she will fall. In fact, the Bible mentions that she is fallen, is fallen. That's not an accident. God didn't stutter. And so Revelation chapter 18 shows us several things. We said this on Sunday night. Number one, it provides evidence of a soon coming Savior. And again, we're reviewing just a little. And there's presently a concerted effort to promote socialism right now. That's going on right now in our nation, in a big way. It's, and, and some of it, I'm gonna be honest, some of it we're sort of removed from. Some of it we're sort of sheltered from. But if you were a young person that was attending a university in America right now, you'd realize it's more of a thing than we think it is. And socialism, socialism is being promoted while capitalism is being torn down. But when the tribulation unfolds, this great Babylon, whoever it is, this great Babylon is still very much a capitalist system. Now, that leads us to believe that the coming of the Lord is close. It's close. In fact, I don't know how it can't be. It's gotta be. And I know preachers have been preaching that for years, but I'm just telling you, we are seeing things today that are, that, uh, that listen, my preacher, when my pastor was, was, was preaching 50 years ago, we're seeing things happen today he didn't see 50 years ago. And so it provides evidence of a soon coming Savior, but, but also, and this is where we want to get tonight, it provides examples 
of what life will be like during the tribulation. Now, Sunday night, we read verses 11 through 18. And verses 11 through 18 of Revelation chapter 18 are a picture of the great Babylon pre-judgment. But verses 21 through 24 are a picture of the great Babylon post-judgment. And so somebody says, Pastor, what's it gonna be like when the rapture takes place and the church is, the church is caught away? Those people that are lost will be left behind? What's it gonna be like for those folks? You're here uh, tonight and you may have loved ones that you care deeply for and yet uh, they've never come to Christ. They've never been saved. Or maybe you're here tonight and, uh, and but anyway, you're, you're concerned about those lost loved ones and, and, and you say, what's it gonna be like when, when the tribulation period begins? What's the earth going to be like? Let me tell you what it's going to be like. Let me show you some things that we see here in Revelation chapter number 18. Number one, I just thought this was interesting. Number one, there will be an absence of music. Now, look at Revelation 18 and look at verse number 22. And the Bible says that once this Babylon the Great is judged, look what happens. Chapter 18, verse 22, the Bible says, and, and the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard, what? No more. No more what? No more at all. No more at all in the, hey church, can you imagine life without music? Can you imagine a world without music? A world without singing? Why don't you love to sing? I, I believe you ought to love to sing. You said, preacher, <clears throat> I would love to sing, but I can't carry a note in a bucket. Well, thank God you can make a joyful noise. Amen. And so if you're here tonight and you say, pastor, I, 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 I can't stay on note. I, I, I sing off tune. Uh, I just want to tell you, that's all right. Just go ahead and come in here and make a joyful noise. But what a blessing it is to be able to sing. And singing is a way that we exhibit joy. And singing is a way that we exhibit happiness uh, in our society, in our life. Uh, music and singing is a big part of our life. It's a big part of the church. But I'll tell you something else about singing. Singing is a sign of spiritfulness. I really believe it is. Now, I want you to hold your place or put your bookmark right there at Revelation 18 because we're going right back. But I want you to turn over with me, if you will, to, to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number five, and look, if you will, at verse number 18. Singing is a sign of spiritfulness. Ephesians chapter five, and look at verse number 18. The Bible says this, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, look in your Bible right there and you'll notice that after the word Spirit, there is a semicolon. The semicolon is used to indicate two closely related sentences. And so he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, this next sentence is very closely related to the last one. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I believe this tonight. I believe that if you're filled with the Spirit, I believe if you're walking in the Spirit, I believe you're going to have a song. I believe you're going to have a song. Doesn't mean you can sing. Doesn't mean you're going to sing in a choir. 
It doesn't mean you're going to sing a special. You say, Pastor, I would never do that now. Never say never, by the way. But you say, Pastor, I don't have a trained voice like somebody else, like some of these singers, uh, singers that sang uh, on song. I can't sing like them. I can't play an instrument like, okay, all right. I understand that, but I do, I do believe this. I believe that if you and I are walking in the Spirit and if we're filled with the Spirit, I believe we're going to have a song. I believe, we're gonna, I believe that we're going to want to sing. And listen to me. The tribulation earth will no longer be a place of singing and music. You know what that means? You know what that means? No joy. Somebody says, man, when, when all those saints are gone, we're going to have us a time. I don't think so. There won't be jubilation. There won't be happiness. In fact, there'll be, according to the word of God, Revelation chapter 18, there'll be no singing, there'll be no music, uh, and I really believe this too. I believe that it's not only a sign that there'll be no joy, but I believe there'll, there'll be very, very little spirit fullness. But there's also something else, church, what the Bible's doing here in Revelation chapter 18. Turn back over there, if you will. Revelation chapter 18, let me tell you what it's doing. Revelation 18 is painting us an amazing contrast and the Bible does that very well, and it does it often. It is giving us a great contrast between what's happening now on earth and what's taking place in heaven. So you say, Pastor, I'm not following you. Stay with me now. What's really ironic is that the earth, during the tribulation period, the earth is totally void. According to Revelation 18, it is totally void of singing and music, while heaven, on the other hand, is filled with it. Now, that's what your Bible said, that the sound of music singing, the trumpeter, shall be heard no more at all. But at the same time, look, if you will, at Revelation 5 and verse number 9. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 9. You say, Pastor, at the same time, what's happening in heaven? Well, look what the Bible says. Revelation 5, verse 9, the Bible says, And they, those in heaven, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And by the way, if you read on in Revelation chapter five, that's where John says, man, I saw this innumerable group of people and they're all singing and praising and, and proclaiming praise to the Lord. Uh, turn over uh, to Revelation chapter 14 and look, if you will, at verse number three tonight, Revelation 14. And verse number three, the Bible says, and they, those in heaven, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Turn over one page and look at Revelation 15. And verse number three, the Bible says, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Now, again, this is important because the Bible is painting us a contrast. When the tribulation begins, the earth will be a place where there's no more singing and there's no more music, there's no more jubilation, there's no more joy, and at the very same time in heaven, brother, it will be filled with singing and music and the praises of the Lord. 
And by the way, Calvary, that's a good note and that's a good place for me to say this. That's exactly why every single child of God, to the best of your ability, ought to engage in the music service on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Listen, when Brother Brandon gets up here and says, hey, let's all sing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, or Victory in Jesus, or whatever it may be. Oh, listen, that ought not be a drudgery to us. We ought to get up and we ought to take a deep breath and, man, we ought to sing. Listen, this church ought to be a singing church. Now, you say, Pastor, why? I'll tell you why. Because when we sing on Sunday morning and we sing on Sunday night and Wednesday night and somebody says, y'all just sing way too much. You sing way too much. People have said, you just sing way too much at Calvary. Well, you'll just have to bear with us. (laughs) You know why? We're trying to get you ready for heaven. And don't take this wrong. Don't take offense to this. But if Brother Brandon gets up here on Sunday morning and says, all right, good to see you today, and he does, let's all join together. Let's sing. And if you sit out there, please don't take this wrong, but if you sit out there like a bump on the log, you are out of practice. You know what Sunday morning is at Calvary Baptist Church? It's scrimmage time. I don't know why they go back on Sunday night. Practice. Practice time. You know why we come back on Wednesday night? Practice time. Man, we're getting you ready. We're getting you ready for heaven. Because when when the rapture of the church takes place and we are raptured out of this earth once and for all, listen, music and singing will disappear. But thank God, heaven will be filled with music and beautiful harmony. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? And so what's the earth going to be like, preacher, during the tribulation period? Number one, There'll be an absence of music. How about this? How about this? Number two, there'll be an absence of manufacturing. All right, look back at Revelation 18 again. So here the great Babylon, or Babylon the Great, has been judged. God has poured out his judgment upon this system. And look what happens in verse 22. In the voice of harpers and musicians, that's our guys, you know, that play the guitar and the bass, That's our ladies that play the pianos. The voice of harpers, musicians, pipers, trumpeters shall be heard no more in all in thee. Look at this. And and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now, What's that talking about, preacher? This is a description of industry. It's a description of trade. In other words, what the Bible is saying is this, that when the tribulation period takes place, that the earth will be such a terrible place that work and industry and manufacturing will become a thing of the past. And because people aren't working like they used to work, there's gonna be great, and when I say great, I mean great. There's gonna be great, Shortage. You say, where do you see that at, preacher? Look at Revelation 18, verse 14. The Bible says, and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are, what are they? Departed. Departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly, where are they? Departed from thee. Well, look at this last line. And thou shalt find them 
no more. Look at the last two words. How many believe that's pretty explanatory right there? And thou shalt find them no more at all. You know what's going to happen, church? In the, in the tribulation period, food will become so expensive during the tribulation that most will not be able to survive. Now, hold your place at Revelation 18, but I want you to turn back a few pages to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter number 6. And look at verse number 5. Revelation 6 verse 5. The Bible says, and when he had opened the third seal, and I want to remind you, the seals, the seal judgments are at the very first part of the tribulation. And so really, it's going to get much, much worse after this. Verse five, and when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balance in his, uh, balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The word measure there in Revelation chapter six is the Greek word tenix, and it, and this is what it, it's believed to mean, less than a quart. So I had my wife just fill up, she just filled up this quart jar full of rice tonight, and so here's what, here's what our Bible is saying. Less than a quart of food will cost an entire, uh, an entire day's wage. And by the way, people aren't going to be able to work anyway. But if they're able to do anything, anything at all, you know what? It'll take, it'll take an entire day. The, well, you say, preacher, a penny, a measure of wheat for a penny. That's not bad. Listen, that word penny there in your Bible is the, is the idea of a denarius, or denarii, and back in that day, a denarius was an entire day's wage. And so people were gonna work all day just to try to get just a little handful of food. And so if you've got a family, if you've got a wife, and you've got three or four kids, this is what the Bible's saying. There's not gonna be enough to go around. People are literally gonna be starving to death. And so there'll be an absence of music. There'll be an absence of manufacturing. How about this one, church? Look at this. This is just interesting. There'll be an absence of what I'm going to call mirth. Mirth. Look at Revelation 18, verse 23. What's it going to be like, Pastor? This tribulation. Maybe it's, maybe it's not going to be that bad. Maybe, you know what? Maybe uh, the preachers are just making uh, too much out of this. Maybe it's really not going to be that bad. Well, look at Revelation 18, verse 23. The Bible says, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. You know what the Bible's telling us there in Revelation 18, verse 23? Normal, everyday parts of life, those things that bring us joy, are going to be a thing of the past. We well, say, Pastor, what do you mean? I put it in three different categories. Number one, there'll be no creature comforts. What do you mean? No electricity. You know, there's, I heard it on the news today. They said that uh, some of those dear folks down there in Fort Myers 
there's still almost a half a million people without power. Some of those homes they still haven't got to because the water is still so high in those homes. They feel like the death toll is definitely going to rise because they've just not been able to get into all the homes and mobile homes and things like that. And they said today that, that the power may be off for weeks or possibly months. But I want to tell you something. That's not a drop in the bucket to the tribulation period. You know what's going to happen in the tribulation period? I don't believe there'll be power. I don't believe there'll be electricity. There, there, uh, I believe that earth will be a, a, a place of utter darkness, total blackness. They said this week, I, and I, I thought this was ironic because I knew what I was going to be teaching on, but as Hurricane Ian came across the, uh, the island in the country of Cuba, they said that Cuba was in total blackout, that, there was no, that it totally uh, disrupted the grid and that there was no power anywhere on the whole island of Cuba. You know what I thought about? And when I think about the tribulation period, for all these years, for all these years, they rejected the light. Are y'all with me? For all these years, they've rejected the light and they said, no, 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 no. We will not go to church. We will not follow that Bible. We will not listen to preaching. We will not do it. For all those years, they have rejected the light. And my dear friend, hear me and hear me well. When the tribulation period takes place, the light is gonna go out because they rejected the light. There'll be no light. But wait a minute. The Bible's painting a contrast. As earth during the tribulation period will be completely dark, you know what's gonna happen? Heaven is gonna be full of light. Look at, look at your Bible, look at Revelation 21 and look at verse number 10. You say, Pastor, that sounds pretty scary. You're right, but listen to what it's gonna be like in heaven. Revelation 21, 10, the Bible says, John said, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, verse 10, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. By the way, that's where you and me are gonna live, having the glory of God. Look at this, and her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Man, I wanted to take it easy tonight, but I'm telling you, I just, man, I just, it's just too good. Look at verse 23, Revelation 21, verse 23. The Bible says, and the city, this is the city you're gonna live in, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb is the light. <laughs> well, somebody ought to say amen right there. And the lamb is the light thereof. Listen, the earth is gonna be a total blackout. Power, people are gonna be calling. When can we get the power back on? It's not coming back on. It's not coming back on. No creature comforts. And yet heaven will be full of light, full of light. And so, no creature comforts, but, but something else. Number two, I wrote this down, no celebrations. Look, look, if you will, back at Revelation 18, verse number 23 again. Revelation 18, verse 23. The Bible said, and, and, and again, I just thought this was Interesting. Verse 23, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. Listen to this. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Now, when I read that, 
When I read that at the first, I didn't quite understand what the Bible is saying there. But, but think about it like this. You know what kind of a celebration weddings are? Did you know sometimes people are at their happiest at a wedding ceremony? Well, mama's happy. The husband's definitely happy, amen, you know? That little wife's happy. People rejoicing, they're having festivities, they're having the reception. I mean, they're taking pictures, they're, you know, they're, they're bringing gifts and all these things. Listen, you know what the Bible's telling us here about the tribulation period? That during the tribulation period, all that's gone. No weddings, no parties, no gatherings. And so for all those people who say, well, we're gonna party hard. You're not gonna party hard. You're gonna wish you'd have listened. But wait a minute. There comes that contrast again. No celebrations on the tribulation earth, but at the same time, we see the exact opposite happening in heaven. Look at Revelation 7 and look at verse number 9. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. <laughs> Revelation 7, verse 9, John said, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and under the Lamb. Now, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that the tribulation earth is going to be a place of remorse. It's going to be a place of regret. It's going to be a place where there's no music and there's no singing and there's no jubilation and there's no celebration and there's no reunions. But hey, I want to tell you something. If you're here tonight and you're born again, thank God there's a glad reunion day that's coming. And for all of eternity, man, we're going to be meeting with our loved ones and we'll see people like Paul and Moses, by the way, you'll know who they are. I don't believe you'll need a formal invitation. Uh, 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 um, you'll not need to be introduced. I believe when we get to heaven, we'll, be, we'll know and be known. And uh, you don't have to say, man, somebody tell me, where, where's Paul at? You'll know him. Man, there's Paul. There's Elijah. Look right there. There's Elijah. And so, wow, what a place heaven's going to be. And so no, no creature comforts. No celebrations, but there's, there's something else. How about this? No cozy lifestyles. Look back at your Bible again. We're almost done. Revelation 18, verse 14. Revelation 18, verse 14. Listen to this. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all the things which were dainty. That word dainty there in your Bible means, means sumptuous. Sumptuous. What, what, what's what's, an, what's an, an example of sumptuous preacher? Well, you know what? First, one of the first things that comes to my mind is Krispy Kreme. That's pretty sumptuous, isn't it, brother? I mean, man, when I put one of those Bavarian cream or one of those, uh, anyway, all right, you know what I'm talking about. That's pretty sumptuous. It's not healthy, but it's sumptuous. And uh, wait a minute now, none, none of those things. The Bible says, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The word goodly there is the word luxurious. In other words, luxury will be a thing of the past. It'll be a thing of the past. 
You won't just walk in your house and flip the, the light switch on. You won't walk in your house and turn on the AC or the heat. Won't be anything like that. You want to run down to Food Line or Harris Teeter or Walmart or Publix and, and, and pick up a couple, we're gonna grill out a couple steaks. No, that's gone. Man, you won't be grilling out. You'll be surviving. You'll be in absolute survival mode and you'll be doing good if you even make it. And that's what our Bible says. And so there'll be an absence of music There'll be an absence of manufacturing. There'll, there'll be an absence of mirth. We're done tonight. How about this? Look at this. There'll be an absence of ministry. Look back at Revelation 18, 24. I thought this was pretty interesting. The Bible says in verse 24, and in her, that's this Babylon the Great, and in her was found, look at this, and in her was found what? The what? The, the blood of prophets and of saints. Notice, church, it did not say, and in her was found prophets and saints. It said, and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints. In other words, they're gone. The prophets and the saints are gone. By this time right here, the church is gone. And those that are willing to take a stand are being martyred by the Antichrist. There will be 144,000 Jewish missionaries or evangelists that'll be spreading the gospel, but listen to me, as a, as a whole, as a whole, ministry will be a thing of the past. And as far as that goes, the church, really. You'll not be able to run down to the church. You'll not be able to call the pastor. You'll not be able to go to the altar. None of that'll be allowed under the reign of the Antichrist. The church will be taken out and our Bible says that wickedness will literally saturate the climate of the earth. Now, this is all I'm saying. Not the kind of place you want to be. But it's going to happen. So when the tribulation, when the tribulation, tri tribulation takes place, there'll be an absence, there'll be an absence of these things and many more. But I'm not sure that'll be the worst. Because not only is there gonna be an absence of some things on the tribulation earth, but there is gonna be an abundance of things. Now, Lord willing, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, we're gonna flip this thing over and we're gonna talk about some things that are gonna be abundant during the tribulation period. And I'm gonna be honest, some of this stuff's pretty scary, pretty scary stuff. The tribulation earth is not a place that you wanna be. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm gonna tell you what, I wouldn't walk out that door tonight. I'd run down to this altar and I'd get saved. If you're, listen, if you're watching by way of live stream tonight and you just happen to, to, to happen by our, our uh, live stream and, uh, and you're not saved tonight, I'm gonna tell you something, just as sure as I'm standing right here, I'd call that number on your screen and you ask somebody to help you to know Jesus tonight. Tribulation earth is not a place you wanna be. This is no joke, church. This is a real deal. This is gonna happen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, we love you. And I want to thank you, Father, for the teaching of the Word of God.
Father, thank you for the Bible. And Lord, it's very honest and it's very candid. And Lord, it pulls no punches. Lord, it just tells us, it tells us like it is. And Father, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that I am born again. Lord, I'm glad my name is written in heaven. I'm glad that I'm gonna be in that place of music, that place of light. I'm glad I'm gonna be a part of that glad reunion day. Lord, I'm so thankful that according to your precious word, I will not be here to experience what's gonna unfold on the tribulation earth. Father, just in case, if there would be one here tonight who doesn't know that they know that they know that they're saved and going to heaven, Lord, would you deal with their heart right now? And I pray they'd come. Lord, if somebody's watching the live stream tonight, and if you're dealing with their heart, Father, would you help them right now to reach for their phone? And Lord, right now, would you help them to call? We have some wonderful folks that are waiting right by the phone who would love to share the gospel of Jesus with them. God, we want no one to be left behind. Thank you for sharing this with us. And Lord, thank you for a so great salvation. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many are here tonight? And I know it's a Wednesday, but you'd say, Pastor, if I die tonight, I know beyond a doubt, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. If that's you, you just slip your hand up tonight. You'd say, Preacher, I know I'm born again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Can I ask this tonight? With every head bowed, every eye closed, and no one looking just for a moment. Is there one here tonight, anywhere, young or old, and you'd say, Preacher, I'm going to be honest. If I died tonight, I'm not sure I'd go. Preacher, I'm afraid, there's, I'm afraid that there's at least a chance that I might be left behind to experience the tribulation earth. And I need you to pray for me. Preacher, I need you to pray for me. If there's one like that here tonight, would you just slip your hand up right now? And can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Preacher, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? I see, I see a couple little hands. Is anybody else? Anybody else tonight? Preacher, I'm not sure of heaven. Pray for me. Hey, child of God, are you ready? Man, you're getting your bed clothes on tonight, getting ready for bed, turning down your bed cutting off the lights, making sure the doors are locked. And all of a sudden the trumpet sounds. That could happen tonight on October the 4th. We didn't know it, but you know what? God knew it for all eternity. That October the 4th, 2022 would be the day of the rapture of the church. If that happened tonight, are you ready to stand before the king? Are you ready? If there's any question about that in any way, why don't you come do business with the Lord tonight? Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the church. And Father, can I just say thank you for exposing me to the gospel? I want to thank you for parents who cared enough to take me to church 
to get me under the sound of the gospel. I want to thank you for a faithful preacher who pastored the same church for over 40 years. And God, who Sunday after Sunday poured into my life, he's experiencing heaven now, the heaven I preached about. He's experiencing it tonight. He's there. And I want to thank you, Lord, for a preacher that faithfully proclaimed the word of God and the gospel to me and helped me to come to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a faithful youth pastor that poured into my life and pointed me to Jesus. Lord, I'm so glad I'm saved. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight and they're not ready, they're not ready to go to heaven or they're not ready to stand before Jesus, I pray tonight, Lord, they do business with you. Help us, please, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed. I'm gonna ask our personal workers just make their way to the front just for a moment. We're not gonna prolong the invitation. We're gonna let you go. But just in case there's somebody here tonight that needs prayer, we've got a few folks up here in the front that would love to pray with you. Is anybody who needs to make a move before we leave? You can look up this way, church. Hey, let's just... We're going to sing through this little chorus one time. We're going to go to the house, all right? And uh, you sing it. You sing it tonight. Here we go. Ready? All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Sing that chorus, sing it now. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. God's people.